0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Disruptive Doctrine podcast. My name is Luis Cruz. I am your host and today, Monday, February 12th, we are going to be discussing something that is so new, something that's like literally happening in my life right now. Um, I had something else written for today, but when the Holy Spirit leads your life and things happen in times where we don't understand it, but we're we're gonna talk a little bit about time, right? Um and the title of today's podcast is gonna be A Call to Repentance, The Day of Salvation. And before I go into the scripture, I want to discuss um something that came to my mind. I don't know if you guys remember for all the 90s and early 2000s, uh, babies and kids and adults now out there. Um, We had a show back when TV used to be wholesome, like when it was actually worth watching TV. We had a show called The King of Queens. So the main star was Doug Heffernan and his wife's name was Carrie. And for some reason, I always found something so relatable about an overweight guy who looked good in dark clothes, and delivered packages. There was just something about Doug and his sense of humor and his love for food, and the fact that 99% of the time he was screwing things up, Uh, it was just so relatable to me. Like, I am, like, Doug Heffernan is my spirit animal. Like, it's just me and him are the same person. Kevin James is his actual name, but uh, in the show, King of Queens, his name was Doug Heffernan. And there was this episode that just came to my mind, and there was an episode where... Uh, Doug and Carrie found a pot, like a China pot that they had gotten as a gift when they got married. And they accepted the gift at the wedding, but they never opened the China pot uh, until one day they decided that they had a reason to open up the pot. And when they opened up the pot inside, there was a check for like a few thousand dollars. So they're freaking out because, uh, wow, we how did we not open this pot? And and we missed the fact that there was a check in here this whole time. So now they find themselves in a dilemma that they have this check worth a lot of money. But the time frame, the period to redeem the check had already expired. The period to cash in on that gift had expired. So now they have to try to find the person who wrote the check have them over dinner. Try to finesse them to bring up the fact that there was a check uh, written and that they didn't cash it. And what's crazy is that you know, obviously, it becomes a situation where you know the way the person and the moment of favor, the day that they got married, the 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 emotions and the fact the day that he wrote the check, he's not going to write the check the same way because it wasn't. It's different when it was in the moment, during that moment of celebration. Um, And I remember that if for some reason that episode came into my mind, which now leads me to scripture. Second Corinthians chapter six, verses one and two. It says, we then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. for he says in an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. So that scripture is referencing Isaiah 49. But in in Isaiah 49, it says that in an acceptable time, I will hear you. And in the day of the salvation, I will help you Here, The tense is changed because we know. And remember, Israel still doesn't believe that Christ is the Messiah. So here we're establishing the fact that that prophecy was fulfilled and the day of salvation had already came. Now, here's the thing about this. So one thing I've learned in my study of scripture is that when the word of God repeats something, pay attention, right? So as I'm reading this verse, verse one, first of all, when it says not to receive the grace of God in vain, when, I, when you look up the Greek word for vain, it's keen on. And one of the definitions for the word on" is without fruit. So basically saying, do not receive the grace without fruit. As in, they wrote a check to Doug and Carrie Heffernan and they received it, but they didn't cash a check. So they didn't, They if they would have cashed a check, they would have probably bought some things for the house. They would have probably gotten a good TV, maybe some furniture. Um, I know that when I got married and we got like our wedding money and. Um, because my wife and I are funny, like that, you know i don 't know how many other couples had did this on their honeymoon, but on our honeymoon before we did you know what honeymoons are for, we were counting our flow like we we got in the hotel room and we just threw the cash, like we were just wild people, and we counted our cash, and we were just so excited, like, bro, look at all this cash we got we were i was that we were definitely strategic in who we invited cuz we we knew who has the deep pockets and who doesn't but we counted our flow and, and we had already planned on what we were going to buy and then when people came to our army they like oh you guys have all this stuff it was like yeah this is the fruit of the gifts that we received this is the proof that we received gifts at our wedding so you know we couldn't say oh we didn't receive anything no we did receive a gift on our wedding because what we got from our wedding Is the reason why we have all the furniture that we were able to get for our first apartment together. So the word is saying, don't receive the gift of grace and then not have fruit to show for it because then it's in vain. Okay, but that that, that, that in itself, I can drop the mic right now. I mean, metaphorically, I'm not going to drive it because that would sound really horrible on the audio. But uh, the point is, like, God's grace is a gift and it's not meant to be received without fruit. It's supposed to be producing fruit in your life, right? Now it says, In an acceptable time I have heard you, and in the day of salvation I have helped you. When you break down, uh always guys, you know, I I've said this before and I'll say it again. Always go to, you know, I have a a Bible that's Hebrew, Greek, interlinear. So when I'm reading the old testament, I I can look up the Hebrew definitions and in the New Testament, you know, it has all the Greek in the back like a glossary. And then. you always have to pay attention because um you know, with the amount of times that the Bible has been translated, it you know to English, it's it it can get lost. So I tend to always want to go and see what was the original language and what was the actual meaning of it. So the word time uh, here is kairos. So we know that kairos. Well, for those of you who don't know, and for those of you guys who do know, uh, kairos is God's measurement of time. So man. We are we measure time with uh, seconds, milliseconds, minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years, decades, uh, scores. uh, And that's as far as I can remember, centuries, millenniums point is that's how that's how we measure time. So God's time, which is outside of our space and time, it it is without constraint. Um, That's why God can't be late or early, because it's when, when he says it's on whatever time he does it it's on time um but kairos is the greek word that describes god's divine time now the word acceptable is dektos which is translated essentially into a specific moment or occurrence within god's kairos check this out so in god's kairos in his timeline Uh, Kairos describes just the essence of time. That's God. So when, when, when God talks about time, when it's his time, it's Kairos. That's, that's just, it's outside of man. It's outside of space and time, but Dectos it's okay. Well, God's going to, uh, in God's timeline for your life, he has what's called Dectos or specific crucial moments that are already planned. Okay. You have not received the revelation of when it's going to happen. You don't know what's going to happen or when it's going to happen, but there are specific moments that are going to be key, pivotal moments in your life, okay, within God's timeline for your life. So, in an acceptable time, I have heard you, and in the day of salvation, I have helped you. So, he is explaining there that there is a time. And the time that's acceptable. So this is a specific moment of time that it is acceptable for my will. But the key here is you don't know when that day is. You don't know when that moment is yet. You still don't know what day. God knows. God says, okay, at uh, this day, this time, this second year, if, if they follow my will. If we do what Proverbs says is. Trust in the Lord in all your heart, lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will direct thy path. That verse is saying, I will direct your path within my Kairos Dectos and all the moments that I pre-planned for you. If you let me guide your, if you let me guide your steps, you're going to walk right into every Kairos Dectos that I had planned for you. And I will reveal them to you as you approach each event. Uh, One moment that was a chiros dectos for me uh, was February 20th, 2018, which is the day that my wife and I lost our first pregnancy. We had a daughter. My wife was about six months pregnant when uh, the baby passed of a genetic issue. I think it was called Turner syndrome. And um, it was a surprise to me, obviously. It, It wasn't easy, but One thing that I've taught and I always remind myself is that when things catch us by surprise, it doesn't catch God by surprise. Man, when things happen, it says, oh, my gosh, I didn't expect that. Oh, my gosh, I didn't know that was going to happen. And God says, I knew it was going to happen. Now, God's response of I knew it was going to happen comes from one or two different places. I knew it was going to happen because I planned it. Because this was my kairos deptos for your time, for your life. Or I knew this was going to happen because you rejected me. And because you rejected me, I knew that you were going to head down that road. I was trying to warn you. I was trying to get you to repent. I was trying to get you to turn from your sin. Because I already knew that if you don't choose my path, you're going to go right down the path to death. And bad things are going to happen. I said this on the last episode. Oh, my gosh, this is the season. When is the season going to end? So many times we're in the season, and it's not a season of God's process. It's the season of consequences of our sin. So when God says, I knew this was going to happen, it's either you successfully let him guide your steps, and you walked right into your blessing, or you rejected his kairos. You rejected his perfect timing. You rejected his will for your life, and you ended up paying the consequences because you chose to reject God, right? So. Now, the great thing about God, and it's just it never ceases to amaze me that God is so graceful and he's a giving God. Everything that God has, he wants to share with us. He doesn't want to keep it to himself. He is a graceful and giving God in everything, his power, his knowledge, everything. He wants to share it with his children. Check this out. When he pre-plans this for your life, when he, he, and he establishes his perfect will for your life, and he says, if you let me guide your steps, this and this and this is going to happen. And as you get to these moments, through the spirit, he reveals to you like, hey, this is one of the moments I plan for you. Now, the second part of the verse says, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. It's saying the same exact thing, accepted time. But even though it's using the same exact words, the Greek word changes. Okay? So instead of kairos dektos, which is a general occurrence within God's kairos for your life, the second uh, part of the verse, it is described as kairos Upros that dectos which is an improve and approved and favored occurrence in god's kairos that is revealed to you so from the first part to the second part it says the first part we know that god's kairos is his timing and we know that dectos is an occurrence or a specific an event that you're going to approach but when it goes to you, pros dektos, it's now God is telling you that you're in your kairos dectos moment. At this point, he's revealing to you, hey, you know, those occurrences, those events that I, I had planned in my perfect will that will always end up for the greater good of those who serve in Romans 8, 28. You know, when I was talking about that verse that everything always works out. If you walk in my will, those moments that seem like they suck, and it seems like the storm is taking over, and it seems like nothing makes sense, those moments that will always end up working out for the greater good, you're about to enter one of those. Thank you for letting me guide your steps, and now I'm revealing to you, daughter, I am revealing to you, son, that you are now entering a you moment, because I am telling you, this is that time, okay? And he's saying, this is the accepting time, but now here's the thing toast means an approved time. It is approved in the, in the Kairos of God. In God's timeline, this is an approved event. This event was approved and signed off by God. Now, there's a difference between something being approved and being favored. Because you can miss the perfect time of God because you didn't listen to him. And now it gets delayed now. A couple of years can go by and down the road, you realize now you finally come down the road to a moment of repentance and God still allows that blessing to come into your life. But it's never going to be the same as when it was the uh, original intended and favorable time. When it comes to the story of the King of Queens, it's the same thing. When the guy wrote the check at the wedding, he was probably happy and celebrating. Now it's an inconvenience. You guys called me after all these years. You never spoke to me in the episodes Like you guys haven't spoken to me in years and now because you want me to rewrite a check. You invite me for dinner. How many people treat God like that? He gives us a gift. We decide not to open the gift. He gives us the gift of salvation. He gives us the gifts of grace and we do nothing with it. And then all of a sudden, when we need it, oh, you know what? That gift that we accepted, that was presented to us, that was given to us all these years ago, that we did nothing with. I want to cash in that check. And because God is merciful, if you come and say, you know what, Lord, I realize that I missed my my little time frame, and and I missed my perfect and favored opportunity, but I repent, and I and I want to do things right. Even after all that, he's going to say, "All right, I got you," because I see your heart is repentant. But the perfect will again. There's perf- there's permissive will and this perfect will. There's a complete, totally different. We're talking about God's perfect will. He'll 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 let you. It's a gift. He'll he still hold his end. His hold his end of the bargain on the gift. But there is nothing better. There is nothing better. I tell you guys, cause I'm living this right now. I, I got some news about my job today and I'm just like, Lord, it's your timing. I don't know what's going to happen because of my job. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is that I am seeking your will. And what I do know is I have to go deeper in the word and I have to go deeper in prayer because if I'm about to enter a you pro dextos kairos. If, if, if I'm about to, if, if I am approaching, Lord, tell me this is this is guys, this is fresh, this this is happening right now. It's Lord, please advise me if I am approaching one of these you pro moments like that you're revealing to me, like Lord, shh, l- make me aware of your steps for my life. That's my prayer right now. Lord reveal to me if like, I don't want to miss the train. If if you're moving something in my life right now, that it, 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 it's, it seems not exactly the best situation for me right now. I'm going to be honest and I'm not going to get emotional because I just got the news today. So I'm telling you guys, this is fresh. This is fresh in my heart. I, I have been just all day. And then um, even our conversations are perfectly ordained because I went to, uh, new life church, shout out to new life church out here in Augusta, South Carolina. Um, and one of my childhood friends, um, uh, Isaiah's, uh, he's the sound engineer over there. And you know, I, I had a schedule today to meet up with him because, you know, we, we're going to be, uh, upgrading some of our equipment so I can kind of, you know, we can upgrade the church, um, equipment to, so our live streams can be better and, uh, you know, obviously see wise counsel. So since he was like, Hey, I'm going to head over. And, you know, he was going to sh- showing me everything and all, you know, what I can work towards and, you know, just having that talk. And, um, but the conversation we had today was so spirit led. And the thing is that I'm telling you, everything is about God's timing, his perfect and divine chirals. It's even something as simple as a perfectly timed conversation that is led by the holy spirit can be so edifying that when i got there i was i was spaced out he kept on asking me if i was okay because he's like i was there but i wasn't he could feel that my spirit was off and he was feeling it and then we just got to talking and now i get home and i'm recording this episode and i'm on cloud nine because the conversation was so edifying and then he sends me the text and he, you know, he tells me, hey, I needed to hear what you had to say. And I'm like, I need to hear what you had to say. And I'm sitting here smiling because the Holy Spirit was right there in the middle in between us. And he was smiling during that conversation because when, when, when you're fully repented and you're surrendered and you're, you're, you're a slave to Christ and, and you're a slave to the kingdom and you're a servant to the kingdom and you just want kingdom and you want God to be glorified. Everything becomes about him in all your ways. Acknowledge him in everything. Acknowledge him. Everything, everything. Acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. So, so it's Lord, how do I go from just knowing that you have something planned for my life? That's a very easy concept to grasp. I can, oh, you know, God has my life planned out. That's great. But I don't want to just know that he has my life planned out. I want to know when I'm in that moment. I want to know when it is the highly favored time. The exact approved and favored and acceptable moment where God said, if you can nail it. If the the blessing is, is coming along and you're aligned perfectly with my will and you nail it, bullseye, right on the head, that is going to be the specific moment that is perfectly acceptable to me. It it is the time where you're the most highly favored because basically God is saying, if you get it at this exact moment, you're showing me that you're listening to me. It's showing me that your discernment is on high. You're showing me that you've develop the communion and the connection with my spirit to be able to block out the external voices and not let anyone else's words or any other distractions stop you from hearing me perfectly. Bro, if we can start teaching that in churches to shush the voices and don't let the circumstances inhibit your ability to be led by the Holy spirit, my God, we will see a revival. We would see the earth completely transformed it's not going to happen unfortunately because that's why judgment day i mean that's going to be a whole other thing but the point is as a church we need to start being led again and stop worrying about what man thinks and stop worrying about what the circumstances are is let the holy spirit lead everything but it, and the, but the focus of today's episode before i you know i don't want to keep on going because i'm gonna end up preaching is it's the time aspect of it lord show me your time that when you call me, I respond. Okay? So I'm going to give three examples, three scriptures that discuss what do I now, you know, like I said, the title is A Call to Repentance. It's it's what are three things. There's a longer list than three, but what are the three to me in my opinion? I'm not saying that this is God's. It's, it's my interpretation. What God, the Holy Spirit is putting in my heart is what are the three things I must do? to hear God, to be able to respond to him, and to fully repent, okay? Number one, the first thing you have to do is you have to change your heart posture. You have to change your heart posture. Luke chapter 18, starting in verse 9, the word of God says, Also, he spoke this parable to some who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and despised others. Two went up to the temple to pray one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank you that I am not like other men, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this tax collector. As I fast twice a week, I give tithes of all that I possess. Number one, this homie was praying with his eyes open because he's paying attention to who's around him to see who's watching him. I should punch him in the throat. Oh my gosh, I, 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 I don't even know. I it's just it blows. I I couldn't. I would not. And this is the crazy thing. It's like you. I I say it's like oh you know I I wouldn't be able to be around when the Pharisees were around because I I would have lost my mind. I would have lost my temperature. I I would have had some confrontations with Pharisees. But then I sit down and I draw. I'm like, I'm not going down that road right now. Today's not today. But there are 100% Pharisees in today's church that need to be called out by Holy Spirit-led people in the way he does it and in his kairos and in the method, not out of hate. It's actually out of love. We need to approach the Pharisee spirit and the Pharisee mindset, not with hate, not to prove that they're wrong. We got to do it with love because that's how Jesus did it. Sometimes he called them vipers. I digress. Now, let's see how the tax collector prayed and the tax collector standing afar off would not so much as raise his eyes to heaven. I, I'm not even going to cry because the word of God moves. It moved me. I don't read it just to read words on a paper. This word moves me y'all. Mm. He he but he beat his breast saying. God, be merciful merciful to me, a sinner. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Again, we need to teach people the correct message of the kingdom. In the kingdom, everything works backwards. If you want to be exalted, you got to humble yourself. You want to be humbled? Exalt yourself on earth and see how fast he humbles you. But his heart posture where he didn't even want to look up to heaven. But here's the thing. I've heard this taught a million times. And it's amazing the posture of this man. But how sad is it? How sad is it? That it got to a point where he didn't feel good enough to look at heaven. And we have created a generation of people that today they are afraid to look up to heaven. Because they feel like they're not good enough. When they are good enough. Because the Bible says. That even while we were in sin. He chose us. Even while we were in sin. He chose to love us. And to come down and to die on the cross. It's because we're not good enough. That we have to look to heaven. You don't approach Jesus with shame. That was one of the things that he. When anytime someone was. Jesus would heal someone. Or or he would. Quickly address that. No, you're not coming to me with shame. You're not coming to me with your head down. You look up at me. You keep your eyes on me. You keep your eyes on heaven. It's sad that we have people who don't feel good enough to approach God because we've beaten them down with our words. Thinking that we're holier than now. So the first thing that we got to do is we got to humble ourselves. Oh my gosh, we need some humble pie. I'm talking about that good old. I mean, I'm in South Carolina. My family makes fun of me all the time now because I grew up in Miami. Then I lived in Polk County. Now I'm in South Carolina. I'm Southern. I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to get me a truck with some tires. I'm going uh, to I, whatever. I'm going to do what I see, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be countrified to the bone, but I'm Southern now, all right? Um, so I, I'm going to call everything pie. It's, uh, that's a horrible accent. But we just need some good old Southern humble pie. I mean, we need to humble ourselves and our heart posture needs to be that. Well, I don't feel like I'm good enough, but with you, I know I am because I have you because I can repent and you can enter my life with you. I am good enough without you. I'm not that's that's the posture we need to have without you. I am not good enough, not without you, but when I have you, once I have you, oh, yeah, I'm good enough because he says. That we are kings for his kingdom. So obviously we have to be good enough. If with him we're good enough to be called kings and children of God. And God's family. So with him we are good enough. Number two. If you think you know. You don't. All right, John chapter 9 verse 40. Some Pharisees. Now Jesus had just did a miracle where he healed a blind man from birth. The Pharisees were obsessed with trying to prove that Jesus did something wrong. And um, the, the parents, they asked the parents, like, Oh, are you the parents? And what happened? And the parents, because they were afraid of the Pharisees, said, He's of age. Why don't you ask him? So this is after this miracle. John chapter 9, verse 40 Some Pharisees who were standing nearby heard him and asked, Are you saying we're blind? Look at, <laughs> look at his response. If you were blind, You wouldn't be guilty, Jesus replied, but you remain guilty because you claim you can see. Oh my goodness. You think you know, but you don't. You you claim that you know. You guys claim you know the way to heaven. You guys claim that your traditions are the way and your rituals are the way and your law is the way. You think that's the way to heaven. You claim that you know. So since you claim that you know, you're guilty because you're claiming that you can see. But if you approach me and you humble yourself and you posture your heart where, Lord, I don't know anything. I have been blind all this time because of my sin. And I need you to clean the scales off my eyes. I need you to spit in mud and dirt and put mud on my eyes. I need you to do something dramatic with my vision because I can't see. That's repentance. Repentance is the heart posture. Repentance is acknowledging that you've had it wrong this whole time. And, and you, you're not going to try to justify that, you know, and you're not going to try to act like, you know, you're not going to try to act like, but, 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 but no, it's Lord. I humble myself. I posture my heart that I am a sinner and I've had it wrong this whole time. And I can't see I am blind without you. I've been blinded without the truth. I've been blinded without sin, but I need you. To give me my vision. And once you give me my vision. Now I'll see the truth. And now I will be, account- I will be held accountable. On whether or not I accept the truth. And live the truth. And let the truth guide my life. But if you go to Christ. And you think you know it. Oh you think you know it. Okay so I'm going to hold you accountable. Based on what you're claiming you know. Even, even though I know you don't. But because you're claiming you know. And you don't want to let the actual truth into your heart. I'm gonna base you on the statement that you're saying that you know, bro. That that is a mind blowing concept. Woo! Last point. Action. Luke chapter nineteen, verses nineteen. I've heard Zacchaeus. I've related to him because I am five foot four on a day with good posture, and I haven't gotten a haircut. That's when I'm five five. But on the, on a Regular day, I am five four, but I'll fight any one of you guys. I'm just kidding. I am a feisty short Puerto Rican dude, all right. But check t- that's why I always related to Zacchaeus. But check out the, this this viewpoint. Look how amazing! This is such a beautiful example of all the aspects of repentance. Jesus entered Jericho and made his way through the town. There was a man there named Zacchaeus. He was a rich. He was the chief tax collector in the region and he had become very rich he tried to get a look at jesus but he was too short to see over the crowd so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree beside the road for jesus was going to pass that way when jesus came by he looked up at zacchaeus and he called him by name zacchaeus he said quick come down now i must be a guest in your home today not tomorrow." Not next week, today. When Christ calls you to repentance, he always calls you with a sense of urgency because he knows that time is limited. Stop pushing off repentance because you don't know if tomorrow is promised. Okay? He calls with urgency. Come down right now because I have to be a guest at your house today. He said, I must be a guest. So he's not even asking to be a guest. He's telling Zacchaeus, this is your Kairos, you prodektos. It is this highly favored moment. If you want the highly favored Kairos of God, this specific event that I ordained, that I picked this specific path down this specific road, walking by this specific tree that I knew you were going to be in, if you want to uh, uh, to to fully take advantage of the perfectly timed and highly favored Kairos of God for this moment in your life. Come down right now because it has to be today. Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh my gosh. I feel the spirit of the Lord. Zacchaeus, what was his response? Mm. Zacchaeus quickly climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement. He, joy- he did it with excitement and joy. He knew he was a sinner. He knew who Jesus was. He, he already knew what was. And even though he was a sinner, he was excited to see Jesus because he knows that even though I am a crook and Israel hates me and I am the scum of the earth in my culture and society. The, the the He understood that Jesus Christ. Somehow Zacchaeus, because he responded. Oh, my Lord. Because he responded in the highly favored moment. He was internally already receiving revelation that this is not going to be for condemnation. It. Because Jesus didn't come to condemn, he came to give life. So when Jesus said, come down now, something woke up in Zacchaeus that said, this is going to end up for my greater good. And meanwhile, Zacchaeus climbed down and took Jesus to his house in great excitement and joy. But the people were displeased. He has to be the guest of a notorious sinner, they grumbled. Meanwhile, Zacchaeus stood before the Lord and said, I will give half my wealth to the poor, Lord, and I have cheated people on their taxes. I will give them back four times as much. Jesus responded, salvation has come to this home, not tomorrow, today. Salvation has come to this home today. And God's Kairos, you provectos. It was this day that was highly favored. It was this day this specific moment was the day I predestined and you let my spirit guide your step and you accepted my call. You took action. And when I told you to come down now, you came down immediately. For this man has shown himself to be a true son of Abraham, for the son of man came to seek those who are lost. Do you realize what a slap that was? People don't understand and they don't study culture and they don't study scripture by Jesus. To be called a true son of Abraham, being considered, being called a son of Abraham was such a privilege. Oh my God, we are the sons of Abraham. We are the sons of Abraham. And at one point, Jesus said, if you, uh, uh, Paul says, if you guys were truly the sons of Abraham, you wouldn't have done what you did. So being a son of Abraham is like, no, we are highly favored sons of Abraham. And for Jesus to call a tax collector, not only the son of Abraham, pay attention to the literature, people and the grammar, a true son of Abraham. So what did double meaning? Not only am I going to slap you Pharisees in the face by calling him a, a son of Abraham, but by calling him a true son, he's saying, you fake. You guys are not the true children of Abraham. You are not true sons of Abraham. This is a true son of Abraham because I came to rescue the true sons of Abraham. So it, basically what Jesus is saying there is I am calling you out for repentance. The action needs to be immediate in his perfect timing. When he offers you the gift of salvation and grace that day, when you hear that sermon, when you go to the church, and when when someone invites you to church, accept the call. And you get annoyed that that people are inviting you to church. Don't fight it. Because you're going to miss out on an opportunity on having that perfect, highly favored moment. And Zacchaeus was already resembling true repentance because he repented and he said, I'll give back everything I stole. He's fully surrendering. He's fully taking accountability for his loss. He's, He's making things right. He's atoning for the actions that he did in his sin. And because of that, today salvation came not only to him, but to his home. So for those who have either never had a call to repentance or those who God has been calling you for repentance. Okay, just because you missed that the opportunity for the perfect and highly favored doesn't mean that you've missed the train completely. You still got a chance to come to Christ. And here's the thing, that everything works out for the greater good because God is grace and he is mercy and he is love. And if you haven't heard the call to repentance, I call out to you in the name of Jesus Christ, our Savior, who died to remove your shame and your guilt. To cleanse you white as snow, to give you a fresh start. Doesn't matter what man says. Doesn't matter what you've been taught. Doesn't matter what church hurt you're dealing with. Doesn't matter what trauma you're dealing with. He'll make all of it new. He'll heal you. He'll restore you. He's redeemed you. But you got to answer the call the correct way. When Jesus says, come, come now. Now is the highly favored moment. Now is the perfect time. Now he's calling you. Today is the day of salvation. I'm going to end it with this statement. This is a question, a thought that I want you guys to to really meditate on this thought. Y'all going to know me as the crier. Prior podcast man. Because I get emotion. Because like I said. the, The word of God is not just words for me. It's not. The word of God is alive. It moves. It moves. The word of God. He moves through his word. And he moves through his spirit. And he gives life. To those who accept it. But just. Ask yourself. And dwell on this thought for one moment. How many people have gone to bed saying, I'll answer the call tomorrow. And they close their eyes. And then their eyes are open in hell because they died in their sleep. How many people get in their car after someone approaches them in a parking lot and says, hey, we want to invite you to church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go next time. They get in their car thinking they're going home. They black out and they open their eyes and they're in torture. And hell separated from God. How many people thought they had more time? That's, the, that's one of the biggest weapons of the enemy. The devil wants you to think you have more time. He wants you to think that, oh, just do it tomorrow when tomorrow is not promised, you guys. Now is the time that Jesus is saying, come down now. It must be now. Today is the acceptable and highly favored time. Today is the day of salvation. He is calling you right now. And all you have to do is posture your heart with his spirit. Fully surrender. Come to him as a blank slate. You don't know nothing. But I want to know everything with you, Lord. I want to know everything about you. You come with that heart posture. You acknowledge your sin. You acknowledge that you don't know. You thought you did, but you didn't. You've had it all wrong, and that's okay. It's okay that you didn't know. None of us knew. And uh, so many of us still don't know. That's okay. But come to Him with your heart posture. Surrender yourself. But most importantly, Most importantly, take action. Father God, we come before you, Lord. I thank you so, so very much. I thank you because today has been a roller coaster of emotions for me, Lord. And and I pray that the listeners can hear the emotion coming from my heart. Because I'm not just saying it to say it. I, have to, I, I live it. I'm going through a moment right now in my life. Where I'm having to put this into action. I have, I'm having to put my faith in your Kairos for my life. And I pray Lord Jesus. That everybody who hears this episode. Can feel the sincerity that I am preaching this from. I want everyone to hear this. Who hears this. To feel the calling of the Holy Spirit. Of the Lord tugging on their hearts. Let them answer the call. Give them an encounter Lord. Let them have an encounter with you. In a special way. So they can answer the call. So they can believe. And they can feel you the way I feel you right now. That even in the middle of my storm. I have peace. And I can erase the fear. And I can step out of the boat. Knowing that. If I step out, I get mine. But just like my brother Isaiah told me today, there is people who are going to believe after they see you. So I pray that my life is a testimony and a witness to he who lives within me so others can believe as well. I pray that you bless every listener. In Jesus' name, amen. Woo! That was a good one. This, this, I needed to get this off my chest. This needed to, to, to be talked about today. This was personal for me. I hope that it's a blessing to everyone who hears it. Um, check us out on YouTube. Check us out on Podbean, Apple Podcasts. Go to our link tree. You'll see our Instagram, our Twitter, our Facebook, our apparel shop. Um, I'm going to be working on some different things uh that i want to start uh offering you guys study guides uh even some of the outlines that i'm using for these episodes if you guys want to have the verses or like my notes to have for your own i don't know i'm gonna work on something because i want you guys to, to use this uh podcast as a tool for bible study not just to listen to so um so yeah just check out our link tree check out everything we got going on um mondays and fridays will be the days god willing unless there's some personal circumstances i will be dropping um episodes most likely this next week it'll be on thursday because friday at four five in the morning i'll be on the road heading down to florida so but mondays and fridays begin the week and end the week with disruptive doctrine and i pray that it's a blessing to you guys thank you guys everyone who has joined us so far so again uh till friday Thank you for listening to the Disruptive Doctrine podcast. God bless you guys.